You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB Extras, the Los Angeles Angels edition. I am Allison Footer. I'm here with Rhett Bollinger, who, of course, has taken over the Angels beat very exciting for both him and the Angels. And Rhett, let's talk about, now that we're post-winter uh, meetings, let's talk a little bit about, well, the fact that they really didn't do much during the winter meetings, but they did sign Justin Bohr. So where does he fit and uh, what do the Angels expect from him? Yeah, you are right. The winter meetings this year for the Angels weren't uh, too exciting. Not too much happened for them, but they did sign Justin Bohr, a guy that's going to fit in pretty well, kind of almost insurance there at first base. Uh, you know, Otani's coming off the Tommy John surgery. He's going to be limited to being a DH next year. And Albert Pujols is coming off the left knee surgery as well. Uh, Pujols is expected to be ready for the start of the season. Otani, uh, according to Brad Osmus, is likely not. Um, so I think early in the year, you'll probably see Bohr play some first base with, with Pujols at DH. And then once Otani returns, which, is, which it should be early in the year as well, um, I think we'll see Otani get mostly at bats at DH. And then from there at first base, we'll kind of see a mix of, of Bohr and Pools based on, you know, matchups and that kind of stuff. You know, uh, Bohr's a left-handed hitter, hits right-handers better. So you figure there could be a little bit of a platoon there with Bohr getting the, you know, the action against right-handers. Maybe Albert Pools faces most of the lefties. Only issue is, you know, Pools didn't really hit lefties very well. He actually hit right-handers uh, better the last two seasons. So we'll kind of see how that kind of – the mix kind of works. But uh, it's good insurance in case, you know, Albert were to get hurt again or if anything happened with Otani. It made sense to have kind of that corner first baseman that can uh, provide some power from the left side too. This is a lineup that is pretty right-handed dominant. So uh, it made a lot of sense to sign him and kind of add him there uh, to the mix there with Pools and Otani at uh, first base in DH. So, yeah, the way you explain it, um, it sounds very rational and very logical, which is really what we're going for here. But when this when this news first came out, it almost seemed like, uh, you know, is the writing a wall for Albert Pujols? Is this like a warning sign for him? Um, is he going to see reduced playing time? Um, I mean, it does sound like it could become a platoon situation, but really, I mean, and then Brad Ausmus had a quote that I think added a little intrigue to it when he said something along the lines of this is a performance-based game or referring to a question about Albert Pujols. So um, is there any scenario where you could see Albert Pujols not getting regular playing time or even semi-regular playing time? Yeah, that's a great question because you said that Brad Ausmus quote, we talked to Brad about the playing time for Otani and Pujols, and that was before the Justin Bohr thing even broke. So you are right in the sense that, the signing does make sense. They said it's insurance and everything, but it wouldn't happen even, you know, I'm new to the beat, but it, it surprised me in a sense. I thought that they're more likely to sign a catcher or pitching help uh, than go after a first baseman. But um, I, I do think that it probably, or, you know, at least likely does mean less playing time for, you know, Pujols, just because I do think that, you know, you got to figure, especially against right-handers, which make up a majority of the pitchers, that you're going to see, you know, the left-handed hitting board and the left-handed hitting Otani in the lineup. So, um and like Osman said too, which I thought was an important line and what I wrote about as well, it's exactly what you said, that that line is a performance-based game. You know, Pools does have, you know, three years left on his contract, but at the same time, he's not just going to be putting the lineup, just be putting the lineup. He's got to be producing. Last year, obviously, did not go well for him. Didn't really hit for much power either. Uh, you know, was a guy that had some injury issues with his, his feet and with his knees. So he still has a lot to prove. And I do think that, yeah, I think that if, if Pools isn't playing well, 
we're going to see a lot more of Otani and Bohr getting at bats uh, for sure next season. Yeah, these are the kind of moves that teams that want to be competitive make, even if they're unpopular with the aging star and every team has had to deal with that at some point. Um, but of course, I'm, I'm always we haven't really discussed the Angels at length, right? So you'll you'll know through our podcast conversations that I'm a little skeptical of the Angels, um, just because I don't know. It seems like they have a hard time keeping their pitchers healthy. It seems like maybe their priorities they uh, they kind of uh, shift their attention in other areas. And this all leads me to reminding uh, everybody that they still don't really know what they're going to be doing about catcher. And and if you are a team that has any intention to contend, you don't have questions at catcher. It's just such an important position. So um, do they have any aspirations? Are they looking at uh, somebody like a Grandal? Do you know where, where they are with that? I don't think they're probably going to go after a guy that's going to get paid as much as Grandal. We know Grandal had a rough October, but it's still coming off a pretty good year. You're right. I do think it would make a lot of sense because, you know, good teams do have good catching. And I think that's a big part of that with understanding their, you know, pitching staff and everything else. And obviously, if you have a, you know, catcher who can hit these days, it's almost like a unicorn. They don't really exist other than maybe JT Ralmuto. And that's why he's so popular in the trade market. But, uh, you know, I think at this point, it's more likely they'll go after a veteran. A guy that you know might be more likely to take a one-year deal, maybe a guy like a Jonathan Lucroy. You know, Martin Maldonado is a former Angel who uh, traded to the Astros, so they might have some interest in it as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I would think at this point it's going to be probably more of a defensive-minded veteran who's good at working with the staffs more so than the guy they can hit. But I do think you're right, though. I do think priority-wise, catching is way up there for them. And, and as of you know, like you said, pitching-wise too, with all the injuries last year, um, they're really into trying to find durable guys. They kind of they feel like their their new pitching coach that they brought over from the Astros, Doug White, has kind of a background in biomechanics and injury prevention. They're kind of hoping that he can kind of put forth his philosophies throughout the organization and help with that. So they are trying to kind of combat that and try to fix that. But it's very clear, like you said, that based on recent years, that starting pitching and, and, and catching is definitely something they need to fix and improve here. So you had an interesting article about the Angel Way. So this is a um, this is kind of a a new, maybe a new thing for them. It's really not a new thing for a lot of teams that it's more about continuity. It's more about having the same philosophy that's taught at the major league level all the way down to the very bottom part of the minor league level and having the same people uh, really guiding each and every team at every level with the philosophies. Um, is that basically just what they're trying to do? Yeah, exactly. So the one thing I found interesting about it was, you're right, I think most teams do have a philosophy. We've even heard of the Cardinals, their big handbook they have, the Cardinals way, and the big binders they have and all that stuff. But I think the thing I found interesting was that the Angels, you know, hitting coaches, uh, you know, Jeremy Reed, Sean Wooten, and then the pitching coach and Doug White, they're going to be in charge of kind of instilling those philosophies all the way down, though, from the top bottom. And they're going to be, you know, in charge of looking at video, and even potentially even going into, you know, seeing their affiliates in the Inland Empire and, and, and really kind of evaluating and giving, you know, input to those guys in the minor leagues as well. So it does seem like it's going to be a lot of work for these guys because, you know, you've got your own roster to worry about with the 25-man roster and you got to deal with, you know, it's, it's even more than a 25-man roster these days. And everyone knows that, you know, you end up using 40 guys in a year, it seems like, at least nowadays. So you have to kind of be aware of all those guys, but apparently too, they're going to kind of monitor those guys all the way down to the bottom levels of the minors. So to me, it was interesting that at least they're trying to have that continuity. They know what they're looking for in pitchers. And I think the thing they're trying to do right now is find ways to keep the guys healthy, but also they're looking and trying to develop guys to, you know, strikeout rates and ground ball rates are important to them. And then hitting, you know, nowadays 
with exit velocity and launch angles. And, and they've hired some guys that were private hitting coaches that guys that have experience at like driveline and some of these <clears throat> kind of advanced, you know, next level type developmental techniques for hitting and, and based on video and all sorts of, you know, and, and just biomechanical stuff. So it's, it's all, it, I can see why it makes a lot of sense, but we'll kind of see how it all works because it is a lot of moving parts and it is a lot of responsibility for these coaches. But if they can instill this, it, it definitely would make sense to kind of have it all make, you know, that continuity and have everything in the organization be, you know, the same way. So you posted an inbox recently, so I'd like to kind of ask you some questions about, or questions from fans that uh, you answered in the inbox. Jeremy had a question. What, what do you make of the Angels' struggles to find a true long-term third baseman over the past decade? Oh my gosh, Rhett. Um, so you got to go back 10 years and start talking about this, and will it be rectified anytime soon? So it is funny, though. I, I started in 2008 as an intern at MLB.com covering the Angels, and then I helped out and covered and I backed up as I backed up in LA covering the angels in 2009 and 10. And so I'm well aware of their third base struggles at the time. Uh, I covered Sean Figgins who had a great year in 2008. And then he went on to the Mariners. And from there, they kind of had Brandon Wood who never worked out. And Alberto Cayaspo was there for a little bit. But other than that, it's been very up and down for them uh, at, at third base, just from following them from afar, covering the twins. Um, I do think that Zach Cozart could be that guy in the next two years. It just kind of depends on how the rest of the infield shakes out. We know there's going to be competition there uh, between some guys like, you know, Fletcher and some of the guys that, that could play second or third. So I, I think that he could be the answer. I mean, I think what they'd love to do, but it's obviously who knows and it's way too early is ideally to, you know, we'll see how much money they have to you with uh, the trout trying to extend him. But Aaron is an Orange County guy. He's a free agent after next year. That would be the ideal situation to solve that. But the hard thing is in, in terms of their system, they don't have any guys in their top 30 that are third basemen. So unless they find it from outside or it's going to be Cozart, it could be another, uh, you know, trouble some position for them. Next question is from Brandon. Um, and this is a good one asking kind of about some of the free agents that are out there. What are the chances that the angels signed Dallas Keuchel? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm surprised his name hasn't come up more with more teams, or are they going to go after a cheaper guy like Gio Gonzalez or Wade Miley? I, I think Keuchel would make a ton of sense for this team. Um, like I said, they like ground ball guys and guys that can miss bats and Keiko can do both. Um, he's also a guy that's been durable. He's certainly, you know, very familiar with the division being with the Astros all those years. Um, and the angels have been, you know, they've been trying, they've been trying, they've been aggressive. You know, they've been offering guys, uh, Corbin, they tried to sign, they tried to sign, uh, you know, Jay Happ. They've been, they've been making competitive offers. Uh, guys just haven't been signing them even on the catching side. They offered, you know, Wilson Ramos a, a deal that was very comparable. The one that he signed, he opted not to, to sign with them. So they definitely are trying. I do think Keuchel would be a, a very good target for them. Um, but, yeah, and, and they could have fallbacks like Gio Gonzalez, those type of guys. But I don't know if Gio makes as much sense. He hasn't had as much durability. But, um, but I, yeah, I, I do think that Keuchel for this team would make a lot of sense. I don't have a, a real feel for how strong specifically they are in on him, but clearly they are going after all the starting pitchers that are on top of the market. And I do think that he would be a great fit for this team. And finally, Chris would like to know, who do you think will be the closer next season? Well, talking to Billy Epler a little bit at the winter meetings, he believed there were three or four guys uh, on that roster that could probably fill in on that role. You know, they've had guys that have done it a little bit. You know, Cam Bedrosian has done it, shown some flashes, but also has been pretty inconsistent. Uh, they really liked what they saw from Ty Buttry late in the year. Uh, as well you mentioned a couple other guys uh as well in Hansel Robles and Justin Anderson 
and finished strong. And, and they traded for Luis Garcia, who's coming off a, a, a tough year, but uh, has a big arm, and, and they like his kind of peripheral stats. And then, you know, you have Middleton coming back from Tommy John surgery later in the year, and he could be a guy too. So you, and you can't rule out they can always sign a, a guy with closing experience right now, and there's still plenty of relievers out there on the market. So they could sign one, but as of now, uh, Epler said they have enough guys that are in the mix so they could do a, a committee one, or at least he's hoping that one of those four or five guys that I mentioned could step up and be the closer next year. Okay, good stuff. All right, Rhett, thank you so much. Thanks to everybody for listening to MLB Extras, the Los Angeles Angels edition. Catch up with you next time. Thank you, Rhett.